Welcome to episode six of the Tashi Station Radio Podcast, where we sell power converters and talk about X-Wing. And guess what? We're still all out of power converters. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Hale. And I'm Alex Smith. And we're going to continue on our weekly uh, extravaganza of going through all the factions that are currently in hyperspace. Uh, last week in episode five, we covered the Scum Faction, and this week we are diving right into the First Order. Right now, uh, the First Order actually has uh, done pretty well in hyperspace, coming off of a season where it was considered one of the weaker factions. Alex, how's it doing so far? I mean, it's doing all right as far as, like, existing goes. It's tied for the second most popular faction with Resistance at a cool uh, 14.9, so 15%, and the 4 and 2s and better from the two-system open. So either it's cutting or it's coming real close at a pretty respectable rate. Which, to be um, fair, uh, 14.3% roughly is like the average for what 100% divided by seven factions is. So it's performing about where it should. Indeed. Like, it's uh, and it's, res- it's tied with resistance, which is cute. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylo's in about 8% of all lists as a whole. And 54% of FL lists, which seems reasonable. Kylo's real good. Get more on that later. Um, the dreaded Focho doesn't seem to be so popular in hyperspace. Um, only one in all of Swiss from both system opens combined. And they made the cut, but you'd think with how well it performed in extended, it's just better in hyperspace, right? And you'd think it'd be better. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, it definitely seems to be boogeyman more than uh, than actual metaphors. Uh, it's something everybody like practices against and makes sure their list can handle, but nobody's actually bringing it. I just, I, it just doesn't make sense. Like, it's just a worst metaphor in extended. It's doing worse in hyperspace. Or not I even would guess it. part of it is that, uh, like, even though it, the conversion kit comes with seven uh, TIE fight, like TIE FOs, I, don't, I doubt people have that many models. And I'm guessing a lot of people don't want to invest that many points or that, many, that, much, that much money in uh, that generic of a swarm. Um, we've talked about before that people really don't like running generics and they'll only do it if it's like proven to be a top tier list and the Fojo, while good has not proven to be at that level yet. Indeed. And it's, it's a high ship count list, which is generally good right now. Uh, but across the list that made the cut of the system opens four was the average ship count uh, with an average bid of 2.55. So people were uh, not taking super deep bids in the list given that, uh, the high initiative pilots are not necessarily as uh, top tier as the high initiative pilots in other factions, and we'll go into that. Also, I think uh, hyperspace really leans towards either you don't care about the bid at all, or you super care. You're bidding sixteen. So, plus. Yeah, I say like, with I played against I played against Kylos with a ten point bid in Dallas, right. and one with a thirteen point bid in Dallas, like. Yep. But if you're thinking about like the the most popular metaphors, which is Boba Fenn, and their quote small bids are still the mid teens, like the whenever yeah. you're you're looking at ten points of bid, you're like, well, I could just go to like a three point bid and still beat almost everything else, and yeah. just not yeah. Kylo's use... never gonna move move after Boba Fett anyway. <laughs> Might as well get more list and still move after everything. Else. Right. Yeah. Maybe I can use those seven points to tech against them a little bit. So should we go ahead and jump into our, our ship breakdown? Absolutely. Uh, 
the unlike some of the other factions, we do have a ship that'll be coming into hyperspace soon uh, in April, the Z-Class shuttle. Uh, however, we don't know enough about it to really go into detail of any kind on it. We don't know points. We don't know most of the abilities or cards. So we're not going to cover that in this iteration. We don't even know it's guaranteed to come out in April. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. They, they say April is the, uh, the, the guess for right now. Uh, one thing that is definitely missing from the faction, despite its small amount of ships already, is the Upsilon class shuttle. And uh, just real quick, what's... Uh, this is a real big strategic piece, or has been, in the faction. What does its exclusion from hyperspace mean for First Order? What's it lacking? Uh, well, it doesn't have a crew carrier. Uh, the, the faction doesn't, with the Upsilon being out. Um, which is, is kind of a big deal. Uh, you had a couple really good crew in uh, Snoke and Phasma, and potentially even Kylo Ren crew. Um, my guess is that the Upsilon was taken out more because of its four-die gun than its crew carriers. Uh, with the the reduced everything uh, offensive and defensive uh, consistency in hyperspace, the the big Ford eye gun could really swing games hard, and I'm guessing they wanted to avoid that. Better safe than sorry. I don't think there's anything of value missing without the epsilon. Yeah, I'm, I I think Tavson would be really good. Oh, Tavson would be a monster. Ground. I don't mean of in game value, but I mean of meta value. I don't think oh yeah. I thought you were going to say of moral value, and I couldn't disagree. <laughs> I mean, Upsilons are literally the bad guys. So. That's true. Well, let's uh, start off then with the newest ship in the faction, the TIE BA or TIE Baron Interceptor, Major Von Rags TIE. Uh, there's only four pilots for the ship. Uh, they all have the ship ability that allows them to, after completing a maneuver, take a strain or deplete to perform a barrel roll or target lock action. This allows for potential arc dodging, double movement, double modded shots in some cases. Uh, but yet we haven't really seen a lot of this uh, explode like we thought it would. Starting off with uh, probably the fact that the generic, uh, I haven't even seen it on the table. The First Order Provocateur at 45 points. Yeah, that's that's expensive for a four health I three ship. Um, in general, I think the Tie Baron is super fair, and that it has consequences for its decisions, and that's not something people are used to with aces. Uh, yeah. So, in comparison to a lot of other things, it feels really bad. I don't, I don't know that it's actually really bad, but it's definitely a lot harder to use. Well, like an interesting comparison would be uh, at just two points higher. The Skull Squadron pilot in the Fang, also a four hit point ship behind three agility, but yet considered much more powerful. Well, you have the the ship chassis ability that makes it a lot tankier for the the Skull. The Skull is also an initiative higher. Um, Has a useful faction, like a really useful faction tile that synergizes mm -hmm. well with the chassis. And it's in a faction that Boba fits. Yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. Also, I think <laughs> in hyperspace right now, the bump from I3 to I4 is really meaningful. Um, there there are a lot of I4 named pilots, especially in like Rebels, that are very popular, so getting up to meet them is very useful. Uh, I4 guarantees getting you above things like the First Order Provocateur or Separatist drones or uh, a whole Separatist slew of I3s. Separatists literally can't get to I4 yeah. in hyperspace, with the exception of ensnareless Nantexes. <laughs> And um, all right, so I think we can agree that the generic here is in a really odd spot. Maybe there's a, a good meta place for it, but we haven't seen it yet. If you're in a meta where you're literally only seeing generic spam, 
it'd probably be pretty good. Yeah. But like, there's no way that's ever going to happen, because people hate generics. Yeah, if you're in, like, droid hell, I would actually consider looking at the First Order uh, provocateur. Like, if, if you're fighting a bunch of I-1 drones, then uh, going up to Vonreg is a lot of points and not much value. Indeed. Whereas the First Order provocateur actually hits just as hard as he does. And he's, what, uh, 14, 13 points less? Twelve. Uh, yeah, twelve points. Yeah. But he arc dodges just as well against I ones yeah. as well. Yeah. The the problem you hit is that whenever you hit a enemy Kylo Ren or you know a, a Luke Skywalker, anything at that I four to five range, this guy uh, he dies. Yeah, he dies real quick. Um, which I think is the general problem with the the Tiberian and why we're not seeing a ton of success with it. It's, it's hard uh, to fly, man. It's hard to fly. It's a fragile ship. Well, moving on up uh, to that four initiative spot, uh, Ember at 52 points with the ability that when you perform an attack, if a damaged ship friendly to the defender is at zero to one, the defender can't spend focus or calculate tokens. This is absolutely almost tailor-made for hunting the fireball, but it, it's, ah, it's seven points more expensive for one agility and... One initiative, uh, but yeah. All right, sorry, one initiative and a... Uh, a mediocre pilot ability? I mean, it's good it's, in the late game, but... I'd say the ability in a vacuum is pretty solid. Like, it's not bad. The issue is oh, it's on the interceptor chassis, mm -hmm. and usually um, the bump from I-4 to I-5 is worth more than a pilot ability. Yeah, so like we just discussed, going from I-3 to I-4 is meaningful, but seven points is a lot to invest for that, that one initiative. And especially when we look at uh, Hollow and Vonreg coming up, you don't have to invest that much more to get even higher initiative. So... And that's an exponentially bigger jump yeah. in value as well. Yep. And and like Newt said, uh, if you get into a late game with a full health Ember, the ability's great. It's going to trigger all the time. You're going to hit hard. They're not going to be able to do much about it. But getting him to that late game is extremely difficult against most lists. All right. And what I think uh, yep. we'll see about all of the pilots here with the TIBA Interceptor, if it's the highest initiative on the field, it can be great. If it's not, it could really suffer. Yeah, although I think that is one reason people have been disappointed. It is really good if it's moving last, but it's not... It's not an auto ace. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not a Kylo Ren or Suntiria. Like, because of its limited ability to double reposition and the actual consequences of doing that double reposition, it's it's not the same, the same sort of ace. But to reiterate my point with Hala, or with Ember, is that an I-4 with a pilot ability on an ace chassis is worse than a generic in I-5. 100%. Like, so yep. that's... And it's the same issue that Turfiner has in the TIE Interceptor. Yeah. Um, I would say Cadzillas <laughs> slash Rekov also have this problem, but they don't have good pilot abilities either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just... It's a, it's always a symptom of the lower, agility, or lower initiative named pilots on yeah. Interceptor-style chassis, is that they're almost always not worth it, no matter how good their pilot build. Guri yeah, in 1.0. I mean, like when Guri was PS5 in 1.0. She had a phenomenal ability, yeah. but was not worth it. Yeah. Yep. Well, moving on to that uh, I-5 spot for Hollow at 54 points, uh, probably one of the more talked about abilities before the ship was released, uh, the requirement to just yeet one of your tokens over to a friendly ship, be it a stress, a strain, a deplete, a lock, a focus... Uh, Hollow's got to give something away. So I have yet to actually play with or against Hollow, uh, but my gut is that she isn't being used in the correct lists. 
and that's why she hasn't had much success. Uh, I've seen her of... once in the Triple Ace list. Yeah, and the Triple Ace list is not performing well. And I think yeah. that's because Hollow does a lot better in To a... clarify, the Triple Ace list is Kylo, uh, is Kylo Hollow, Vodrick. To right. clarify. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's yeah. actually a detriment more often than not in that list. Mm-hmm. Because she's usually been like, oh, I had to arc dodge. Now I have to pass either Kylo or Vodrick my strain token. Right. But I think if you can find a good uh, five or six ship list with Hollow, I think she could shine a lot more. A, there's, uh, there's a lot more goons to pass off the negative tokens to in a way that won't be as impactful. And on the other side, there are a lot of situ- lot more situations where you can pass a ship with a range one shot of focus. Yeah. Or, you know, pass that ship that's getting shot three times and evade. Things like that. Like her, the both sides of the ability have a lot more ways to trigger in meaningful ways. And right. I, I have not seen anybody try the five or six ship hollow list. Eric's the enemy, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, at the top of the tier, uh, we've got the I six Major Vonreg himself at fifty seven points. Uh, his ability that during the system phase, if you've got an enemy ship in your bullseye, you can assign it a strain or deplete token. Uh, I think at the the I six spot is really rare. There's not a whole lot of them out there in hyperspace. And we did see a couple of Vonregs make the cut in the system opens. We saw exactly two. Uh, like I made that it a at, at Dallas. That's true, uh, but uh, we had a what, 540 person tournament for maybe not quite that high for Milton Keys. It was large though. Um, it's gonna and be like one... WrestleMania three eventually. It's yeah. gonna be the 60,000 people at the Milton Keynes system right. open, brother. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing is Vonreg is the easiest to use well out yeah. of all of the Tiberians, and he's that's... also the most universally useful. Yeah, like, like... the. The big fancy orange number makes it easier for him to position because he has perfect knowledge. And he doesn't have a pilot um, ability that requires um, other ships. Like his pilot ability, yeah. he's completely independent of all of the other ships all of the time. Yeah. And that's easier to fly. And it yeah, makes it, you more universally useful. In a 1v1 situation where you can get that I6 double modded shot, you're not going to have to worry about the penalties of it most times. Yeah, not nearly as much. Uh, I mean, he's definitely. He's... Okay. Well, like when you're I six, you say you you can you have all the time in the world if you're moving. You can just not take shots where you have to worry about the penalties. You can take your target lock for a deplete this turn and just not get killed, and then next turn not have to use your chassis ability and have target lock focus. Like, yeah. He's he's definitely fantastic in an end game. Uh, but in my experience with it, which is admittedly still pretty limited. Uh, I don't really try to get him into an endgame. I just treat him like a guided missile. Like my like, my entire goal is to blow up more than fifty seven points before Von Reg dies. And it turns out taking focus target lock shots at range one every turn is a pretty w- good way to do that. Can't disagree. So overall, uh, the Thai BA is still kind of in its uh, growing pains phase. I guess uh, hasn't found its perfect niche. You've got Von it's Reg never going to be it. popular. I don't think. Because it requires you to be good at it. Yeah, uh, throwing back to our, our our scum faction breakdown, I would actually probably put it in a similar tier as the Jumpmaster. Uh, it's not that it's a bad ship, it's that it's a really hard ship, and it's not not as rewarding as it is difficult to play. One definite underrated uh, aspect of it, though, is that it just looks so cool. Oh, it looks it great. Is a, it is a sexy model. 
That is the primary yeah. reason I took it to Dallas. I wanted, I wanted to see that chip on the table. <laughs> Are we allowed? Yeah. Yeah, we can say whatever we want. That's true. We don't. This we're not taking podcast. away from anyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we answered to nobody. The one thing I like to like in Von Reich, it was the old style Atari. It's just uh, you huck them in there, try to kill stuff as quick as possible. Fair. Yep. Fair. All right. Well, moving on to uh, from the top end of things to the cheap bottom end of things, the uh, Thai FO. Uh, once kind of seen as almost an afterthought, now with the points reduction, really, really popular. Uh, starting off, the generic I-1 Epsilon Squadron Cadet, 25 points. The mainstay of the Focho, but a generally great filler uh, as well. Yeah, I, I think you could make an argument for the best filler in the game. Yeah, uh, even Focho Independent, because clearly the Focho isn't doing anything. Nobody's playing it, but like I played against two lists that were Kylo and two FOs, two Epsilons. Like, it's, it's 25 points. It's probably the most efficient generic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the four health on three agility alone is really good for 25 points. Yeah. Uh, and then you add uh, a good action bar, like it's a TIE fighter, but with a target lock. You add a fantastic dial, so it, it doesn't have a very big problem at all with K-turning or slipping. Yeah. Yeah. It's, now, yeah, it's a fang dial. Com- <laughs> yeah. Compare it to the academy pilot at 22 points for that three points you get a shield you get a better dial with the sloops you get blue two turns you get blue two turns you get the option to bring things like advanced optics Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the target lock action that is so much efficiency for a filler at 25 points uh those are just really hard to beat it yeah. does get a discount for being "quote unquote" worst ship in the faction. Like, if yeah. there was a Tie Fighter equivalent in FO, it would cost twenty-two, and the Tie FO would probably cost a hair more. <laughs> yeah. I think it gets discount for worst ship in the faction. Also, uh, with the general trend of bringing making generics cheaper, it it uh it benefited greatly from that. Yes, indeed. And this last point change and how. Well, and one of the downsides of that is where you've got the Epsilon Squadron Cadet at I one at twenty five. Then you've got the Zeta Squadron pilot, an I-2 at 26. And whereas the Epsilon is one of the best fillers in the game, the Zeta Squadron pilot is not? It's not that it's bad at its job. It's just worse at all than the other FOs at yeah, its job. I, I think the big thing is there's just no reason to take it. Like but... if the FO bottomed out at an I-2 Zeta at 26, that's great. Like that's perfectly fine and usable. But it, it has an I-1 at 25. Exactly. So. Yeah, I would rather pay one point less and have a slightly better blocker. Yeah, that's... Uh, so I see this argument a lot between uh, the I-1 X-Wing and the I-2 generic X-Wing. And it's a little different because three die guns are a little bit better. But in, in particularly in the case of like the Epsilon versus Zeta, I think it's... I don't... I If they were the same cost, I would still take Epsilons. Like, going up to I-2 actually makes you worse at blocking... Uh, since you're only a two die gun, you're not reliably initiative killing I ones. Unless you're bringing, uh, unless you can bring eight of them, and then like right. that's the only reason I. If they were twenty five, along with the Epsons of twenty five, you could argue that uh, obviously it's going to be Fochos. Yeah, you yeah. could. He bring the I two Focho to beat the I one Fochos. Yeah, like uh, FFG's never done that as far as I can remember, but I th- I think it'd actually be really interesting to make the I one and I two the same price and see which one ends up being more popular. My gut says the I-1 would stay the most popular. Most likely. 
Well, moving on up two points uh, for the Omega Squadron Ace, the the last generic, the one with the talent. Uh, that right there, adding a talent to the ship really changes the the use for it. You're no longer just being uh, an I one blocker to be thrown out there. Suddenly, with the talents out there, I think the Omega Squadron Ace uh, has a real interesting niche. You've got the option for fanatical with them or the new proud tradition talent. Yeah. They're only useful, I think, because of those cheap talent options. Yep. And in particular, I think proud tradition, the, the newest talent really makes them shine. Um, for those that don't know, proud tradition lets you perform focus actions while stressed. I think it's why you have two or fewer stress tokens. Uh, and then uh, the whoever you shot at can either suffer a critical damage or spend a focus to flip the card. And the other side is your focus actions are now red. Uh, so at first look, that's not like an amazing talent, but nobody wants to take damage to make an Omega Squadron Ace a little bit worse. A 30-point ship. Like. Yeah. And when you have three or four of them on the board with Proud Tradition, they're not going to have their focus after they defend four shots. I mean, it's possible, but it's very unlikely. And even if they do your 30-point ship is marginally worse because it has an amazing dial, and the red focus so it's just, just focuses and does gloom maneuvers every turn. It's, yeah. It's easy. Which you are going to need to do to get rid of that stress most mm -hmm. of the time anyway. Uh, keep in mind that the only blue maneuver, I mean, the only red maneuvers on the dial are the sloops and the uh, K-turn, but you could also just do things like, hey, I'm going to blitz right over this debris and take a focus anyway. Yeah, and not to mention, being able to K-turn and still get actions is really, really it's strong. It's a huge like, deal. Yeah, it's a major reason why defenders are so expensive, is because they get to action after 4 king every turn. Yep. And Patternalizer, man. Yeah. When, that's why if two lists are jousting, and one gets actions after the K-turn and one doesn't, the first one's going to win every time. The, the first one can lose in that initial engage, and then catch up and take the lead on that second engage, just by having actions. Yep. All right, so it's almost like with 25 points, you can fit a Epsilon Squadron in there for a great blocker and that utility. But if you have 30 points, a Proud Tradition Omega Squadron Ace is also an offensive, you know, at I3, I believe. Yeah. yeah. yeah I wouldn't it, bring just one, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think you... I think you, if you, I have... You want more than seven. one, but again, 30 points, that's efficiency right there. But I think mm -hmm. if I only have 30 points in a list, you get left in my list, probably get more value out of an Epsilon at the but if yeah. you have 120 points left in your list, hard to beat four Omega Squadrons. Yeah. And so I think another big thing that makes Omega Squadrons pretty good is not actually comparing them to the Epsilons. It's comparing them to the generic TIE SF, yeah. which at 32 points has six health on two agility versus four health on three. That's roughly the same. It's actually, a hair less yeah. survivability on average. Yeah, it's the three agility is more variable. Like you, you could get one shot. Um, but on average, they're about the same. It's hard to uh, one shot so, a four health ship. Another bonus for the TIE FO. It is. Um, they're real uh, hard. But to so for shot. two points cheaper than a TIE SF, you actually gain an initiative, which is nice. Uh, you get and your time on target is about the same. Uh, instead of having two orcs, you can just turn around on a whim and still get your focus token. And you're thinking, um, you might be thinking about how how is that possible? Um, when the TIE F, when the TIE SF is running away and shooting out of its back, it eventually is going to be out of the fight, turn around, and come back. But proud tradition FO is K turning every other turn, potentially, and it's never having that disengage. It's always in the fight. That's how it yeah. maintains the, the similar time on target, and it, arguably even better time on target. Indeed. 
All right. Well, now we go into the laundry list of named pilots for the ship, uh, starting with Lieutenant Rebus at 27 Should we talk about all of them, or should we just talk about the best ones? Probably. We, we, we can go through them pretty quickly here, because some of them are kind of butt. But Lieutenant Rebus there at the bottom is uh, pretty decent. The one where uh, the ability, if an enemy ship or any, if a ship within range, I believe it's zero to two, gets a red or orange token, if you don't already have that ship lock, you can put a lock on it. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a great ability. Yeah. Anytime you can get free mods on something, it's awesome. She's the best high FO. Yeah, if you can reliably trigger her ability, which is the, one of the biggest I... wounds of the Tyvaron. It's locks, locks for days. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so if you have Kylo in your list or you have a Tyvaron in your list and you have an Epsilon and you have a couple points left over, bump it up to Rivas. She'll do everything he'll do, the, the Epsilon will do, but also have a consistent offense. And one thing we talked about with the scum last time is that with Koshka, ships are stressing themselves a lot in this meta. Because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of double resistance. There's a lot of K-turns. Like, yep. Rebus triggers Absolutely. off of all of those as well. Someone hits a gas cloud and takes a strain, Rebus gets a lock. Like, mm -hmm. yep. There's also kind of a cute interaction with Rebus and Hollow. If Hollow is nearby and she takes her you know, strain or whatever, you can also pick up a lock with Rebus onto Hollow. And then Hollow can eat that lock in later turns. True. To give Hollow, it's like when you lock a rock with Chopper. You just yeah, have that yeah. safety net of something to eat when you want to keep all the good stuff on Hollow. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, then going right up to uh, at 28 points, TN 3465. Uh, no talent, more expensive than the Zeta Squadron, and a pilot ability that's. Yeah. So uh, I really like Ruthless, so it might surprise people when I don't like this this pilot at all. Uh, but I think the difference is that Ruthless, you get to pick any target at range 1, and this is 28 points of useless unless it's range 1 in the right situation. And it's a crit to yourself, yeah. Right. If, Devastating. If there was a talent slot and you could put Fanatical on her, then sure, hey, you know, yeah, not too bad. Maybe. But there's no maybe. talent slot. She's there uh, in a very thematic way because of her appearance in the comics and her role in that story to kind of soak up punishment and blame from her allies. Yeah, that's. I don't think she's worth the points. It's yeah, not she's, awful. She's trash. But, you know. uh, yeah. So moving on to Muse at Muse. 30. Uh, I think trash. it's the exact opposite. Muse is great. Muse is amazing. Not trash. Muse's ability to remove stress from a friendly ship at the start of engagement. Uh, much like the proud tradition made for this ship, you can just K-turn every turn. Uh, you've always got time on target. You've got 32 points with proud tradition. Uh, you're going to be harrying your opponents for days. Yeah, and one thing to note is that proud tradition, uh, they can only attempt to flip proud tradition if you're stressed. So Muse, as long as Muse keeps removing its own stress, you can never flip Proud Tradition. You can't get rid of it. Which makes it even better. Indeed. It's like the littlest defender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also at 30 points, Null. Uh, Null is that one that back in the day caused so many conflicts with uh, how Squad Leader could work. But the I-7 until you're damaged... Ooh, that seems like, oh, hey, you've got an I-7. You're always going to be moving last year. I, I don't see a legitimate reason to bring Null. No, there's yeah. really not. You're still just a TIE FO. Like, so if, once they drop if you have to have a ship moving last, then, and 
Like, if you have to have an i7 chip, you need to reevaluate more than just a list at that point. Like, yeah. no, is it's never going to be worth it to bring a TIE fighter moving last. Yeah, I mean, not against the current pick of aces. They're, they're just not going to care. Like, somebody like Kylo doesn't care if Noel's moving after him. Somebody like Boba yeah. doesn't care. Not even Fen cares. And Fen's dangerous. Like, Fen's yeah. bad at two out of three reaches. Like, yep. it's a two-die shot with one reposition and one action a turn. Like, it's meaningless, basically. Yeah, and you, you, it's, a, it's, a, it's a talentless ship you cannot put Proud Tradition on, so you're losing time on target when compared to better ships. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, just uh, no reason to bring them. Yeah. One point more, long shot. Uh, throw an extra die at range three. Uh, okay. That's a I really, yeah, I really like long shot. Um, yeah, long shot is actually one of the best uh, FO pilot abilities. Yeah, I... I think the only problem with Longshot is at this point you're starting to invest quite a few points over generics, and that's why he's not very popular. Yeah, if, I, if I'm going to be putting more than 30 points into a ship, I'm going to want it to have a serious, like, adds, bring something good to the party ability, not you know, just showing up with one extra dice conditionally. Uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing. That means two out of three ranges, Longshot's throwing three dice. But yep. you're still paying extra for an ability on what's supposed to be an efficient ship. Yeah. And no, so if you compare them to the Omega Squadron, it's only three points more. Uh, so if you have, you know, your three or four prior tradition Omega Squadron pilots and you have three points left over, I think bumping up to the long shot is perfectly fine. Yeah. It's basically the same thing as bumping an Epsilon to Rivas. You're bumping an yeah. Omega to long shot. It's that yep. same relationship. It's just much harder to have the points. To do that also, I, th I think the difference is I would try to find to, I would try to find the points to make Rivas fit. I would cut long shot down to Omega pretty easily. Oh yeah, definitely. Exactly. Um, All right, and with also being able to throw more dice at thirty-three points, Scorch. Overrated. Yeah. Uh, so in previous metas, uh, first order actually had a pretty good cut rate. You would just notice that as soon as you got into the cut, they would just fall apart, and that's because a lot of their ships had gimmicks. Like uh, Tavson, if you in Swiss, people would shoot at Tavson and let you get those huge, fully modified shots back at him. And then he would crush in Swiss. And then as soon as you hit the cut, people knew to, to just ignore Tabson. And then that four-die gun is unmodified, and it's really variable, and they'd usually fall apart. Quick draw is sort of the same way. People just wouldn't shoot at him and cut. Uh, Scorch is a similar boat where you actually make the cut pretty consistently with him, and then once you get into the cut, he's absolute crap. And it's a little bit different. I think the big problem here is that his time on target is terrible. It's easy, really easy time. to outfly a ship that's stressed every turn. Yeah, especially one that doesn't have linked actions, it doesn't have boost. Yep. Uh, you can take Proud Tradition on them, but you actually you don't want to be stressed well, before you shoot. You don't want to. Yeah, because uh, yeah. then you can use your ability. So. Like, he's... It's really easy to fly, outfly a ship that has locked into two hearts and no boost every turn. Yeah. So I think Scorch is fine, again, if you randomly just have the extra points to throw in a list and just throw him at people. And say this is a really cheap three die gun. It's a little tanky. It'll take you a little longer to kill than you'd like, and hopefully you can get his points back. Yeah, yeah. If you can get three turns of shooting three dice with Scorch. He's probably made up his points. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Uh, also at thirty three points, however, the former Omega Ace Static. Uh, he's bad in one point He's bad now. He's he's bad. He's worse now. Yeah, <laughs> can't even take PTL anymore. Yep. Yeah, it's you. You will at max triggers ability every other turn, and even then it's still a two die shot. Like, 
That's not good. Somebody had said running static with Hollow, who can throw a focus to him every turn. Oh, yeah, I'd rather have double-modded shots on my two-die attack. Yeah, so you're going to bring a 52-point ship to make your 33-point ship better? Yeah, it's not good. Static's bad. Leave him in the box. Yep, agreed. All right, uh, and then we have a big jump at 38 points for Commander Malarus. She's got a great ability at I-5. Glitter Stim is back in the game for this one specific use. And Obi-Wan game. Yeah, twice a game, remember the good times. Yeah. And but, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He also Obi-Wan remembers Obi-Wan the good Kenobi. times. That's true. <laughs> but yet, ah, 38 points for this ship. Yeah, yeah you're, you're looking at 13 points more than an Epsilon. And I-5 is nice, but the TIEFO is not a ship that scales particularly well with an issue. If Null at yeah. I-7 is valueless, then the I-5 on Malaris is valueless. Yeah. Now the difference is you have a good ability in Malaris. Yeah, you got two yeah. turns of being no, yeah. a monster. The, the initiative in and of itself is of no value. Yeah. Uh, pilot ability is really strong. Yeah. Um, but like, you're, you're you just added fifty percent of the price to the ship. Yeah, and, and if you're if you're looking at chassis that you want to do that kind of stuff with. Right. If you're looking at you've got thirty eight points in your list, Malaris is not the 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 way to use them. Yeah, you're better off taking a cheaper one and then doing something else with those the extra points. Precisely, uh, and then like it's different than How Runner. How Runner does cost that much more than an Academy pilot. Um, How Runner's ability is a force multiplier. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, yep. How Runner good. Bring How Runner often as you can. <laughs> but uh, it's different because a Iden exists to keep her alive, and b she's a force multiplier. Get so much more value out of every ship using Howard's ability than one ship using Mallor's ability. Yeah. And that's why yeah. when we eventually talk about Extended Empire, we'll say Howard is good. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you are somehow just the best baiter in the world and you can get an entire list to shoot at Mallor's for two turns, it's probably worth the points. That's probably, probably worth it. But uh, realistically, probably it's not going to probably win the game on those two turns most yeah. of the time. All right. And then at the top of the list. Phew, Shell out 42 points for a tie FO at I6 midnight. One of the uh contenders for most just kicked in the gut from 1.0 to 2.0. Midnight yeah. is bad. And it's weird because if you're trying to directly compare them, midnight is cheaper than she used to be. Her ability is the same, essentially. That's a hair worse. Yeah, so why is she so bad? And and the big thing is that hair worse. Things like Juke don't work with her anymore. Yeah. Um, She's a high, higher initiative, though, like compared is, to yeah. 1.0. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just yeah. that. Yeah. That and the, the lack of comms relay. So instead yeah. of having plenty of action economy, she has zero. She like, has to target lock on that first turn, and there's a very high chance she just dies when she does it. Yeah. Omega, just, Omega yeah. Leader would have been bad at one point without comms relay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you, you had a ship that was a cheap uh, just monster in 1.0, and now I-6, again, like we've said, doesn't scale really well with only a two-attack dice ship. Uh, no one is fearing Midnight in that late-game 1v1. It's not so yeah. much... the Actually, that's probably where she shines the best, is the late-game. Um, because she already has her lock, she'll keep it forever. Well, yeah, but if, if, was... if you've got a bad ship, but I'd take almost any other I-6 in the game against Midnight at 1v1 endgame. Sure, but what I'm like, what I can picture people saying is, yeah, but what about Kylo? We're going to talk about later how good Kylo is. Midnight is good against Kylo. She's going to shut down all those passive mods. Uh, you know, she's 15 points, oh, way more than that, 30 something points less than than him. Like, shouldn't that be a good pocket piece? Uh, and the answer is, you just can't reliably get her there. 
Yeah, it's because you don't have cops relay. Yep. And even like I said, she's cheaper than she was in one point. <laughs> she's only twenty one one point oh points instead of the twenty eight that she was. Mm-hmm. It's all because of no no comms relay. If comms relay existed in two point midnight would probably be pretty good. Yeah, and it's a pretty small sample size, but she's been taken five times uh, in tournaments since the points change. She has under a thirty percent win rate. Right, and you're looking at some people That's who might say, bad. "Yeah, that that ability you can do things like, hey, possibly shut down Boba Fett and all those re rolls." Yeah, only conditionally, and again, you're paying forty two right. points on a TIEFO chassis for that ability. Which, I mean, you did the same thing at 1.0. You paid so much more than an Epsilon at one point as well. And the ability is fine. The problem is not her ability. The problem is the lack of comms relay and the fact that she is also unmodified the first turn that they're unmodified, and that's that's usually a worse trade for her. Yeah. If she's coming it, in the, with an evade... The evade, problem is yeah, lack of passive mods. Yeah. True. Which is not... It's a good problem to have yeah. <laughs> in a game. All right. Well, I think overall on the TIE FOs, we can say that the the low end of the spectrum, the cheap ships, probably uh, scale a lot better than the more expensive ones. If you've got because of all these ships, yeah. If you've got a lot of uh, points in your list, I would say look at as many things as you can cram in, especially with these, rather than one or two named pilots that are not going to really recoup their cost. Yeah. Yeah. If you are. Uh... If you're looking at named pilots versus generics, or just more expensive versus less expensive, if you have to lose a body to fit the higher name, don't take the higher name ship. Never, literally more never. Lives. No, not not with any ship really. But especially these low these low ships, like their job is to be cheap, and you have to pay points for initiative. So for these Tie Fighters, Mining Guild ties six, even into X Wings. Usually, the low agility, the low initiative pilot is better just because they're cheaper. And we made this point last week about Nam Lum. When a ship's strength is its low cost, you don't want to beef that up. You don't want to make it. I mean, realistically, uh, Scorch neg- is... uh, by spending more points, you're negating its greatest value. Exactly, Scorch is no harder to kill than an Epsilon, but you're giving up more points when they do. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, on uh, looking at the tanky big brother, the TIE SF, uh, I honestly think this is possibly one of the best chassis in the game for its cost. Uh, of all of the pilots, Quick Draw is not in hyperspace. They took out that uh, ability for possibly a number of reasons. But even still, uh, this ship, you've got just the modularity. You can throw advanced optics on there. Passive sensors. It's probably the best missile carrier in the game right now. Uh, God, the TIE SF is so good. Yeah, it's... Uh, the big thing is it's a super versatile ship. Uh, it even has the 10-point gunner to make it a, like an X-Wing at that point. A, a three-die bruiser. Um, it's super customizable. Uh, it has a, a lot of good pilots. Uh, it's a solid ship. Yeah, and starting out at 32 points with the Zeta Squadron Survivor, uh, much like the Epsilon Squadron, you know, you've got a generic ship that, even naked, fills a great role. It's tankier. Uh, I think, actually, what you said, Alex, slightly less survivability with uh, six health behind two agility rather than four behind three. Indeed. But it, is, got... it, is, it takes slightly... It takes slightly fewer shots on average to kill 
in SF than in FO. Right. And while we're while it's we're talking it's variable with the two health. It is it is more consistent because it's health based instead of agility based. There's it's always going to take six hits at least to kill an SF. It's it, it sometimes only take four or five to kill an FO. But on the average an FO is a hair more survival. Right. It's uh to use MO terms, it's a armor tank versus a dodge tank. Uh and the difference though between the sfs and the fos is that the fos strength is their cheapness you put more points on them they become kind of less efficient but with the sf depending on what you invest in them they can become exponentially more efficient uh as you go uh the you know 32 points slap advanced optics on there and suddenly you've got two arcs of modified shots uh, passive sensors and missiles. You've got the cheapest missile carrier in the game that you're not likely to one round before it can get that concussion missile off. Yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely think Zeta's, well, the TIE stuff in general, the generics shine as missile carriers right now. Uh, I don't know that there's a lot of great missiles for them in hyperspace. Concussions are in hyperspace. That's yeah, concussions fine. Magpulses uh, have value at times. Yeah, unfortunately, Magpulse scales but, super hard with initiative. Yeah, with initiative, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I, a sick is a cheaper missile carrier who is, on average, a hair more tanky as well. As as is a droid, not tanky, yes. but way not tanky. But you know, I might say exactly but half. Passive tank. sensors makes it independently a really it good. It is. Passive sensors make the missiles sing, and that is probably the best thing to leverage on a ISF. Um, yeah. If you're just running them doing the naked two arc thing, a proud tradition FO is probably better. Now, some people don't want to buy four Tiberians just for four copies of Proud Tradition. Understandable. And and a Zeta Squadron is is still perfectly good. Like you're yeah. not you're not hindering yourself taking a Tie SF. I just think the Omega is a little bit better. And like it's always something. If you're at your FLGS, um, if your people are cool, they'll let you proxy it to try it out and see. Maybe it doesn't fit your style, and you like having multiple arcs more. Mm-hmm. That's also respectable. All right. Well, speaking of investing more points, uh, you can go for two points up to the Omega Squadron Expert. Uh, you get one more initiative and a talent. But unlike the TIE FO, it's really hard to justify the talent on these guys. Uh, I yeah. mean, these guys, they have the fanatical optics combo, which is a lot more useful out of two arcs than it is. The problem is fanatical requires them to be half health. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Omega Squadron experts are bad. Um, we saw a lot of the five of them with fanatical optics in the last meta in, in Extended. Or, or concussion uh, optics. Or crackshot yeah. optics, I mean. Yeah, so I think crackshot optics was a little bit better, and that's not available now. Um, yeah. Also, we've ship count has gone up. Efficiency in general has gone up, and that really hurt that, that list, which was a low damage output, but really consistent. And uh, it was a lot of health on the board at the time, and now it's pretty middling at that. Yeah, yeah 30 health um, is not a lot anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Omega, Omega Squadron Expert is just caught in a bad meta rather than being a bad ship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That happens. You know, that happens a lot. It's a good ship that has just kind of... It's, it's design space where it shines is not what's out there right now. And it'll come around again, I'm sure. Yeah, they always do. All right. Well, mo- moving up to our first name pilot. Interesting that all three named pilots for this ship are all coming in at 39 points. Starting out with the classic backdraft, uh, initiative four, and you get to throw an extra die out your butt. It's a good pilot ability, for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, straight up. Really good for, uh, like, you just you just put optics on it or nothing. You treat it like a generic, uh, but now yep. it's better out of the back arc. Um, 
Seven points to go from I2 to I4 is okay. Uh, similar to the Omega Squadrons, there's no great talent for Backdraft. Um, I think Backdraft, similar to Omegas, is just in a bad meta for it. It's yeah. not worth the points right now. Uh, I'm being told she is worth... Um, she's actually really solid against Aces, because it's a lot harder to dodge a back arc moving away from you than it is a front arc moving towards you. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that point, in that context, she's worth a lot more than the seven-point increase over the generic. Exactly. In an efficiency metal like we're in now, she's not worth that seven-point. But like we mentioned when talking about Proud Tradition and the FOs, eventually you're going to have to turn around to get back in the fight. The downside of shooting at your back arc is you are constantly increasing the distance between you and your opponent. Yeah. Well, this the my point there is like a lot of times if you're getting aces to chase you, slash just trying to arc dodge you, it's a lot easier to do it out of the back. Oh, and easily. The, uh, that's where backdraft really shines is against aces. In a joust off, backdraft is garbage. Right. Yeah. So backdraft is essentially the same as like a resistance A wing in what makes yep. backdraft good. Uh, the difference is that A wings have boosts and you can bring multiples of them and you can only bring one backdraft. True, true. All right, well, uh, coming out of the uh, Hot Shots and Aces pack, we get Captain Phasma, uh, whose ability turns everyone around her into bigs. Uh, this is the one SF I would recommend putting Gunner on, I think. Yes, I agree. Maybe Lahuse as well, although I don't like Lahuse. We'll get into that in a second. Um, I think Phasma is probably better in Extended. When you have Fair people enough. like Quickdraw and Tabson, and you can force their abilities to trigger. Uh, but there might be something with like a uh, you know four or five goons surrounding Phasma, and Phasma just gets to be super offensive. Yeah, yep. a, a bunch of fanatical FOs that suddenly become more efficient when you shoot at Phasma. Right. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, it, but it's a it's a weird ship. Like I said, it, weirdly mediocre ship to protect like that. Starting out at thirty nine yeah. points, you put the gunner on there. Okay, you've got a three die attack, but that's now a forty nine point ship. There are better it's, places to spend 49 points. I mean, I you, yeah, but like if you're starting there, you then just bring six Epsilons with her and boom, you have a seven ship list. Right. That, and that the hardest hitter you can't bad. kill right away. That seems like yeah. a decent list, actually. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Phasma's bad. I just, uh, I, I think there are better options in mm-hmm. First Order. Okay. And we haven't the, gotten to why, but yes, yeah. there are. There's the last there. one we've got here, uh, Lieutenant LeHuis who uh, has the ability to spend other people's target locks. That's yes. not that great. No. I, yeah, and what I, the first thing I th- thought of was a combo with Rebus that maybe? Uh, that actually doesn't work. How So the problem with that is you have to combo with Rebus, who then needs to combo somebody else who's picking up locks to get Right, and that requires a whole... That requires Unless a they are always there. stressing themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, there might be a time in the future where LaHuse is pretty good, but I don't think there's anything in the faction that picks up locks or, or red tokens. No, it has to be locks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't think there's anything that picks up locks and doesn't need them, like, reliably. What you do, um, it requires extended, but you combo uh, Upsilon with Phasma crew into Rivas, into LaHuse. There we go. Free target locks every turn, maybe. That every turn that the ships, the extended ships arrange one of an upsilon. Yeah. <laughs> Happens often, I'm sure. Like I said, it, it requires so much synergy. You've pretty much got a Rube Goldberg machine going that can be disrupted really easily. Yeah. We could always bring Midnight 
and not say your target lock, but that's not necessarily synergy. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, that's bad. You don't want to spend but that target bad. lock. <laughs> yeah. So I think. But again, let's say that the Z class shuttle had some sort of like Jenden effect where it could pick up locks ahead of time and it could do it frequently. And it's only a two die gun and it's a support ship. So it's shot doesn't really matter in some yeah. situation like that. I think Lahuse could shine. I could see that. Could be, uh, yeah. But we're not there right now. So no, I wouldn't, we'll, I wouldn't got to evaluate it in the meadow that we currently have and what we know. Uh, yeah, what we're not we saying throw Lahuse away forever. Yeah. But. Uh, so, but let's, let's talk about a future situation where her ability can trigger frequently. You're looking at an I-5 pilot on a TIESF. That's pretty useful with the two arcs. Yep, no uh, argument there. This is a, a great situation where you'd want to put Gunner on her, assuming you're you're being able to use her ability a lot, because now you're throwing fully modified dice. You might as well make it more fully modified dice. Indeed. Um, yeah, That's like, value right there. Yeah, and it's, if, it's cheaper than than uh, a Tybaron. Like It's cheaper than both. Yeah. Uh, hollow and von Reg for the same number of fully modified dice every turn. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If... You're bringing your support ship or whatever is setting this up for you, but the support ship's probably there to do more than just set it up for the use. Yeah. So it's yeah, let's not like say you're... there's a fantastic crew, so you're going to bring a Zyklash shuttle no matter what. You might as well pick up locks and make little matter while you're at it because you're you're only there for the crew. Indeed. Something like that. When you're so... double dipping on those points. Yeah. I think Lehuse is bad right now and is performing pretty poorly right now, but it's definitely a ship that you should keep an eye on for the future. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. Pretty sure that we, we can agree. Send Lehuse down to the farm leagues, uh, possibly bring back later in the season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, moving to the, the sports car high-end performance machine of the faction, the TIE Silencer. Uh, yeah. Doug, you have probably flown this ship more than uh, most people. Uh, yeah, I uh, I flew Kylo pretty much exclusively from when he came out in first edition until the end of first edition. It's weird for I've... Doug. He changes up lists constantly. A lot, yeah. Uh, cool. And then it's it's definitely my favorite ship in the First Order faction, so it's the one I fly the most when I fly First Order. Uh, I brought two of them to Dallas. I like, I like the silencer a lot. The important question, and the the only thing that really matters when it comes to the silencer, new silencer or old school Chad silencer? Chad silencer all the way. I'll fight anyone in the street. You can fight me in the street right now, then. So I'm going to say will. new silencer, baby. All right, Matt, we're out. We're going to go Pro- fight in the street. Proportions, for lack <laughs> of a better word, are good. Yeah. Get your silencer uh, out of here. Get your ridiculous... Overcompensating silencer. Listen, if I'm not knocking over three ships a game just by being in the way with my model, am I even playing X-wing? Not well. He's got a point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, starting anyway. Yeah, starting at the uh, littlest of the big ships, the uh, generic I-1 Sinar Jamus Engineer. I don't believe this ship was ever played in its original form, but. did uh, did it make cut somewhere? Some some scrub brought it to. Yeah, so I took the Signer James Engineer to Dallas and did pretty well. Uh, I think it's a pretty underrated ship, uh, I, but I think you can only bring it in very specific situations. Um, You're a god among silencer pilots. Eh. All right, so. To clarify, I think you only bring a Signer Jameis Engineer if you were going to have only two TIE FOs as fillers, and you can still fit the Signer in instead. 
So like if you have if you're at like 198 or 197 points and you're running Kylo Von Reg and two Epsilons, that's just random list. Yeah. So I think in that situation, the Signer James Engineer is better. You know, a lot of people point out that it's got an amazing dial. It's got auto thrusters at I1. It could be a great blocker. It's also 51 points. It is, but <laughs> it's it's tough to kill. Six health on three agility. That's that it's fast. Absurdly tanky. Yeah, it it can focus and reposition every turn with that amazing dial. It's a quick ship. It's it's super good at blocking things up. It's super good at getting out of dodge when it's in trouble. It's uh like it's everything that makes Kylo good. Well, not everything, but it's a lot of what makes Kylo good for significantly cheaper. So let's compare real quick some math. Four attacks with a focus token. Four three die attacks with a focus token to a one health or to a one agility ship does on average what's the simulate button <laughs> on average does 6.8 damage that's a ton that's a lot of damage on average to a three agility ship it does 3.7 damage yeah. like that goes that's from that's four x-wing shooting at range two that is on average a very crippled b-wing Versus a a little over half health silencer, <laughs> like that. It's so absurdly tanky. And that's the dream scenario for the X wings, where they land all four shots at range two of this guy. And to be honest, it's really easy to range control when you have double repositions and five straights and one hearts. Yeah. Like if if you don't want to land at range two, you can choose not to pretty easily. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, for five more points, we bring his bigger brother, the First Order Test Pilot. Uh, we we missed it last week when we were talking about Initiative 4 generics, but the First Order Test Pilot there fits into that same uh, area that the Black Squadron Ace and the Skull Squadron Pilot do. Downside is it's 56 points with a talent slot that you're really never going to fill. Uh, you're going to put yeah. fat on it, I think. You are, yeah. Uh, but it's not as impactful as like Fearless or... No. Probably even as heroic. Uh, it's mathematically better than heroic, but heroic is a lot more noticeable. That's true. Just However, like 56 I mean, six points isn't really a drawback for a silencer. It's not. No, as... but but it is a drawback for fitting it into lists. Uh, yeah, that's. I'm not denying that. Sorry. Its strength is more on that initiative four than for the talent option. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. I think it's full. It's easy to recoup at sixty or fifty six points with it. It's easy. It's worth so much more than a Skull Squadron or um, the other one, a Black Squadron Black, Ace. Black Squadron Ace, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, just that Auto Thrusters double reposition ability alone is so good. Not only it... double reposition, but focus into a reposition. Right. so or valuable. lock into a reposition. All not, these not, options. Not, not yeah. Like, yeah, the Fang can reposition into a focus, but it can't do that with a target lock. <laughs> um the ability to boost and barrel roll, or barrel roll and boost, the flexibility, it's, it's its all great. Precisely, it's the only ship with true double repositions in hyperspace right now. Yep. Jake Pharrell makes uh, the to Jedi. Jedi. And Jake, Jake can only barrel roll into boost. <laughs> true, but he also gets a um, Jedi can boost or barrel roll in either order, but they're not three attack die ships anymore, so it's exactly, a different Exactly, yeah. So, uh... Think, we'll get uh, there. We'll get there when we get there. We get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Better again, than three attack die ships if you're good at them. Yeah. yeah. I would say that the, while the Sinar Janus Engineer is good at 51, the first order test pilot is great at 56. Yeah, straight up. 
Yeah, I, I think they're both really good. Uh, I think the biggest problem is finding good places to put for sort of test pilots. Yeah, it, it's and that's hard always to... an issue. With yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, so for Skull Squadrons, you do Boba Fett, you build them to 100 points pretty easily, and you go, huh, two Fearless Skull Squadrons fill out that other 100 points. Uh, two First Order te test pilots with Fanatical are 58 each, so that's 116. Yeah. So now you, you can look at Kylo, but that's... That's I think that's a pretty good three ship list, but it's not the same as like Boba. And, yeah, it's not the same as like Boba and Two Fangs, though. No, no, it's not. No. But it's yeah, I mean, you're I never going to get the same see. as Boba and Two Fangs, though. My point though is that it's hard to fit them into lists and have them feel at the same strength level as something with skulls. Fair. Because Fair. of the existence of Boba. I get what you're saying. All right. Well, moving up. Uh, if you've got 56 points to spare and you want a named silencer pilot, can I interest you in Avenger? No. <laughs> yes, Avenger, yes. Oh, Avenger's the good one. Sorry, I was thinking recoil. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'll take one Avenger, please. Yes. Yeah, Avenger uh, actually uh, made some cuts with a similar list. I believe it's Avenger and four SFs with uh, advanced optics. Mm -hmm. I think you want to... I've played against the Avenger list. Which is Avenger two SFs and three FOs, just to get the extra body. Ooh, um, Avenger is money. Like, really makes people not want to kill your ships. When <laughs> as revenge for that, you just take a fully modified shot back. Yeah, is there a range requirement for Avenger? Does he have to be so close? It's zero to three, but that's not hard to do. So no, you just that's put him in that's... the middle of your swarm and jazz with them. Yeah. Well, the thing is, zero to uh, there's actually no range at all. Oh, it's just after oh, the ship is destroyed. God, it's so good. Uh, which actually means you can flank super hard with Avenger and punish people really hard for going for your for, swarm. For jousting your swarm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Avenger has a lot of utility. Uh, it's a good ship as long as you have at least four other ships. Yeah, as long as you're bringing a list around Avenger. True. Don't yep. just pop Avenger in as your third ship with Kylo and Von Rag. Yeah, that'll be sad. <laughs> yeah, that would. And Avenger does have a talent. Uh, something like Proud Tradition actually might not be terrible on Avenger. Well, you certainly got the uh, His pilot there. ability allows him to take actions while stressed. Yeah. So you can do your Proud Tradition focus, and then when something dies, still take all your other actions. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but probably, if you probably don't get as much value because you can still take your actions while stressed. Yeah. Yep. Now, what's interesting is people have uh, been using similar concepts with the uh, Resistance Chewbacca and a bunch of cheap ships. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that you kill my buddy, I get to do something cool. The difference being, those other ships are more powerful in the First Order with Avenger there. And I think that's uh, that's a list that's probably, if I had to say there's a, a sleeper list out there, that could be it. Avenger is uh, possibly one of the most uh, underrated ships in the faction. And we say sleeper, the but there, were, there was a top 16 at Dallas, was an Avenger 4SF list. There was a top 64 in UK that was an Avenger 4SF list. Uh, people are catching on, and I, I think you'll start to see more of it. It's totally different from how the rest of First Order usually flies. It is, yeah. Especially, uh, it's also very different from how other silencers fly. Also, one more comparison to the Chewy list is it's hyperspace legal. Chewy isn't. Yeah. True. <laughs> true, true. So, All one right. more point for Avenger there. Well, speaking of one more point, would you like to pay <laughs> one more point for a useless ship? Recoil. I would. I would not. Oh, this this ship. Uh, I have no idea why it's even in hyperspace. The ability states that when uh, you can treat 
chips in your front arc as if they were in your bullseye. Literally, while you're stressed. While you're stressed. The only use for this in the hyperspace format is to shut off Luminara Undulini's ability. Literally, it has no relation to anything else. Oh, you'd say, but homing missiles, not in hyperspace. Marksmanship, not in hyperspace. And the big thing is that recoil's not good in extended. No, I mean, recoil recoil is playable with options in extended, technically, (laughs) but there is literally no reason to bring this ship to the table in the hyperspace format. None. Hard pass. If you're playing kitchen table games and you know your opponent's bringing Luminara, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> one thing no. I said one thing I said earlier is a lot of times a generic or, or a mid-initiative ship on an interceptor is worse than a higher initiative one, even if it has better pilot ability. Um, that doesn't apply here. This is worse and has a worse pilot ability. True. Uh, right. So moving on? Yep, for the same amount of points, for 57 points, you can get the new Rush who, uh, uh, guys, this rush, this ship is a trap. It is one of the biggest traps that they have printed. I think it's a mistake. I think that totally if you are bringing this ship, much like, uh, kind of like fanatical, but worse, if you are bringing a piece that requires that you are on the way to losing the game before it gets good, that's not, uh, that's not good. Yeah, so. So Rush was super, like, people loved him whenever he was announced, and they I heard a lot of comparisons to Soontir and how it's so great that you can get an I-6 silencer pilot. So let's take a look at the best scenario for Rush, which is you get halved. So you've taken exactly one damage card, you get to trigger your ability, and that's the only shot you take that turn. So you start the next turn at I-6. You are now only worth 26 points, which means you are a terrible closer because everything's going to cost more than you. You don't get a free focus at any time like Soontir does, so you're you're not Soontir, because that's what makes Soontir good. Uh, and that's the good scenario. Like, that's the... Everything's working perfectly. Yeah. You want to know what's, what's also ridiculous? <laughs> what's, what's more likely to happen is that your I2 will get killboxed when it's shieldless, and it'll take three damage, and then you'll be a one-health I6 silencer. Yeah. Who's only worth value. Three. And doesn't get free mods. <laughs> less value with less yeah. health, believe it or and, not. And here's another thing. You want to make him less valuable? Rush is the only ship that becomes patently worse with if you could put hull upgrade on it. True. Which thankfully you can't do, but yeah. that would... Yeah. I feel like there was other ships. Uh, Pierce Sabak also gets worse with the hull upgrade. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. But yeah, Rush is just... No. Uh, now, one rush did make the cut at UK in a rush Kylo blackout list. Uh, probably I, the only time it's acceptable. Yeah. They'll just chase rush after they have it. Exactly. Yeah. Rush Rush is suddenly your cheap ship there that people are going to instinctively Rush is your bait. And even then, I think I could make a lot of arguments for you should have just brought a Sinar. And yeah, then or a Von Reg. More, yeah. For the exact same cost. Yep. Not yeah, just just bring Vonreg and be I six the whole time and be able to double mod. Like <laughs> thumbs uh, up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now on to the I fives. Uh, Sixty three points. Blackout. Uh, Blackout is one of those that specifically, uh, if you want to put a lot of points into a ship in extended, Blackout can be amazing. When you take out things like uh, advanced sensors and trick shot. Blackout? Can't not. run advanced sensors anyway. They don't have a system slot. 
Right. Uh, you used to play but, back in the day. Yeah. So but, I think the in order to look at Blackout, we have to pretend Kylo doesn't exist. Yep. Because Step Kylo's one. biggest or Blackout's biggest problem is that Kylo exists. Yeah. Step one, no Kylo. Yeah, but let's pretend look, hey, Kylo's already in your list, or you are morally opposed to bringing purple numbers, whatever. Blackout is pretty good. Yeah, and Blackout has actually got so overrated, he's now underrated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 63 um, points. And the thing for... is, you just you treat him as a blank pilot ability yeah. for the same reason Spittle was talking about earlier. I would rather have a generic at I-5 than a named pilot at I-4 yep. on this chassis. And I'm willing to pay the six points more than recoil to do it. On and top of should. that, yeah. <laughs> on top of that, if you take an obstructed shot, he's actually better at it. Yeah. Don't but, try to line up the obstructed shots because that way leads into being shot by generics and sometimes running over rocks. But no obstructed shots happen and take them when you come. But just be an I five double reposition tanky ass ship. Yeah. Like yeah. just so, be that for not a lot of points invested. Like, in context, that's 31.5 1.0. That's the same price as a fully built Inquisitor at 1.0 <laughs> for an I-5 ship with 3 agility, 6 health, and auto thrusters. Now, the one place where I will say his ability could shine, if you really, really hate droids on rocks, Blackout is a good answer to that specific meta. He's a good answer anyway because of I-5 with double reposition. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what beats droids anyway. So all of that being said, doubly good against droids, I'll say. Kylo exists, so yeah. start with take, Kylo. Yeah, no, take Kylo no. first, which or means most of the time blackout sits on the shelf. Yeah, I totally think there's straight value in a Kylo blackout, um, whatever third ship you can afford list. Yeah, I think there's all a lot right. of value there. So let's get right into it. Seventy-six points, the beast Kylo Ren. Uh, I mean, he's clearly the best small base ship in hyperspace. Uh, I think you I'm could. Uh, okay. I think you <laughs> could make true. arguments that he's better than Boba. I I think Boba's yeah. better, but you could make arguments Kylo's you, better. You you think correctly. I think for Boba to be clearly better, like Kylo comes in as the best small base ship. Small base ship, I'll give you that. Potential Boba best base ship in the format. Better. Naked. That is Kylo naked at seventy six points. Yeah. Boba minimum costs ten more than that to probably be better. Kylo. Yeah. I'm not going to say you're wrong. Yeah. But I think points to value. Kylo was probably better in a in a one in a comparison game as opposed to uh I, I think Boba is better game. because of the format. Yeah. Boba is better. Easily, yeah. easily. But I'd say on the table Boba's probably better. But if you're just playing math efficiency value games, Kylo's probably better. Now, looking at it, in if you, if you had to go end game, both of them full health, 1v1, it really depends. At range 1, Boba becomes the monster. At any other range, Kylo becomes, you know, you get that advantage. I'm going to take Boba every time, because Boba lists can build a bit, and Kylo lists can't. Exactly, yeah. that's so, exactly my point. This, I think the big thing is that Boba has a chance against Kylo, even if Boba's moving first, and yeah. Kylo doesn't have much of an answer if he's moving before Boba. It's really hard for Kylo to bid down to 17 points. Right, and that's All what right, I was but doing. let's stop comparing the two of them and talk about Kylo himself. Indeed. Indeed. His, so, he has plenty of his own merits. <laughs> yeah, so he's a silencer in all the ways that previous silencers were good, but he has two force on top of it. And what that means is when you position well, you can be extremely aggressive because you can target lock into boost, take your fully modified shots, blow stuff up. Whenever you're, Whenever you need to, you can focus, have focus, force, force, 
You can double reposition to make sure you're out of arcs. Uh, like, I think the thing that Kylo can do that Boba can't is there are some matchups that Kylo just wins. Yep. Like, he's he's not going to die, and against some matchups, it's very unlikely he even gets halved. Yeah. The, yeah he's, like, you could argue I, that Boba has those matchups, too, but I agree. Yeah. Um, um, I think the big thing with Kylo is he's probably the only true, like, extended-type ace in hyperspace. Yeah. Agreed. Now, Kylo's pilot ability... Uh, Situational at best. Yeah, situational at best. It's almost in every circumstance better to have that double force than spend it. It I can see you've got both force available. You take a hit on the last shot of the round. Oh, you don't even take a hit. You just have to defend. Yeah, that's one thing people get wrong all the time. In first edition, he had to be hit. In second edition, he just has to defend. Okay, so if if there's an I-1 that takes a shot at you and it's the last shot of the round and you're going to get the force back anyway, sure. But... There is so, a much more impactful is... situation to use right. pilot ability, which is when you have something hunting Kylo, like a Fen Rao or a Poe or a Boba Fett, you can hit them with it for a panicked pilot, yep. which murders their ability to chase Kylo. And that buys you two rounds of them not getting to shoot at Kylo, even though they're moving after him. Now I will say I used Kylo abilities, Kylo's pilot ability zero times in uh, seven rounds, eight rounds at Dallas. Indeed. But I have also had three round tournaments where I used it every game. Like is... if my Fenrir hadn't popped in our cut game, there's a decent chance that you use it on Fen. Yeah. If Fen ever shoots at Kylo, it's it is a very situational ability, and it's one of the toughest things about Kylo is knowing when to use it properly. Um, but in general, what Smittle said, like if you're playing against things moving after Kylo or even something that's particularly action dependent that you're afraid of, put a panic on them as soon as they shoot at you. Yep. And then crits, crits happen. You don't have a way to force it like you did in first edition, but inevitably a crit will happen. And then you, you suddenly throw two stress tokens on this key piece that's countering Kylo. And in, in the time it takes them to clear stress, you can frequently punish them very hard. Uh, anybody have anything else about Kylo? Uh, bring him. First, start all of your lists with him. Yeah, um, if in first order, if it's not a Focho, I think you have to start with Kylo. Yeah, or an Avenger list. Or an Avenger list, yeah. Those are the only three valid types of lists in first order. Focho, mm. Avenger, Kylo. Well, yeah, looking, maybe looking at... some sort of hollow swarm, but for now, I think I would say you should start with Kylo first, and then, then look at other things if you don't like Kylo. Right. Looking at what made the uh, the cuts in uh, system opens, we did have uh, again a lot of Kylo out there. Only one Focho list uh, made the cut thus far, but we that saw... was only one Focho list in all of Swiss for both tournaments. Only one Focho showed up, and it made the cut. Hundred percent cut rate. Fly the Focho. There you go. That's just math. Uh, but no, you've got the uh, Avenger Four SF did well. Uh, now a lot of different Kylo lists. We saw the Kylo Von Reg and the Sinar Jameis. We saw uh, Kylo with two SFs, one FO and Scorch. Kylo blackout and backdraft. Kylo blackout and rush. So uh, then you switched around blackout and two first order test pilots, all with fanatical and optics. Which uh, you can you can just run Kylo instead of blackout in that list, and it fits. You, can, yeah, you don't get optics on Kylo. If you no, just want to, really, yeah. yeah, who cares? You get target lock. You get target lock force on Kylo. There you go. And then uh, one that I thought was actually interesting: uh, Von Reg, three SFs, and Rebus made top four at the UK Open. Uh, that's what actually got me looking at Lieutenant Rebus as a uh, really, really 
that's a good piece in that list, I believe. Reva that's all really that is, is Von Reg makes Reva sing really well. Yeah. Indeed. So looking at uh, what we've got here, one of the things that we've brought up a number of times is in the first order, you get uh, the only faction with two faction-specific talents thus far. Uh, well, CIS, no, but yeah. CIS, but two faction-specific talents that you can use on all the ships. Uh, fanatical sure. and Proud Tradition. They're both really situational. Oh. And uh, Doug, what would you say is the advantage to one over the other in uh, your choices? Uh, so they both bring different things to the table. Um, interestingly enough, the TIFO is can use both of them pretty effectively. Uh, but to start with Fanatical, it's a passive mod. Passive mods are great. They're awesome. You want to put as many passive mods in a list as you can in general. Uh, unfortunately, for the First Order, half the ships have to be half-healthed in order to use Fanatical, which is not... That's a lot worse. Um, a good half-health. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to bring cards that only trigger when you're half health. Um, but in particular, FOs and silencers, uh, they only have to take one shield and two shields apiece, or uh, each, uh, to trigger. Um, Which translates to a quarter or a third of their right. Um, that makes it a pretty solid card. Uh, I think it's perfectly costed at two. It uh, it feels really good when it triggers, but there's a consequence to it. You have to have been damaged a significant amount in order for it to trigger. Um, yeah, so Fanatical, I think you'll see it infrequently for the rest of the time the First Order is a faction. Um, I think, if I may say something, yeah, that a lot of the times, if you if Fanatical is a better choice than Proud Tradition, neither is a better choice than Fanatical. I would probably agree. Uh, most I, of the time. Silencers are probably the exception. I think silencers are the exception. And I think you could make the argument that Scorch is also an exception. Fair. Um, mainly because if you can get into that dream spot of Scorch has taken just the one shield, you can now start target locking. Yeah, and have yeah. target lock yeah. fanatical. Yeah. And then you throw optics on them and baboosh. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> then you'd have to focus, but... Um. <laughs> two, mo- two actions, dude. <laughs> But yeah, I think in the gen, the if you're looking at a chassis, and fanatical is a better choice than proud tradition, um, neither is probably a better choice than fanatical. Like SFs, yeah, um, I would fanatical's agree. demonstrably better than proud tradition on SFs, mm-hmm. um, but neither is better than fanatical. I would agree. Uh, so then, taking a look at proud tradition. Uh, Proud Tradition is an interesting card. I I think it's one of the first times that it's genuinely better on bad ships than it is on good ships. Explain. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, let's let's pull something out random. Like R2D Crew in Rebels uh, is ridiculously good on Han Solo because he's a very expensive ship that hits hard and it makes him tougher to kill, which means you keep those big points around all the time. He's there. not R2D is not particularly good. On a hawk, yeah. Generic hawk. I want yep. hawk. Yep. Um, and that's because when you're bringing those big sack of points and you want to make them better, that that ten point investment on your eighty two point ship isn't that much of an investment. It's an eighth okay. of your cost as opposed to a yeah. Of your a cost. ten point investment on a thirty two point hawk is a huge investment. That's increasing it by a twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. Okay, yeah. fair. So proud um, tradition where it's two points, even on a twenty eight point uh, mm-hmm. ship you're only bumping it up to 30 points for so much utility. 
Yeah, and and the uh, the big reason it's better on these cheap ships is because there's a consequence. There is yeah. in in your opponent's control, they can do something to make you worse. Yes, uh, which and that it, is it make, making them pay the cost to do that to a bad ship can actually be valuable for you. Yeah. Um, as opposed to making them pay the cost to do that on a good ship, they'll do that every single time. Yeah. So, like, I would never put Proud Tradition on Blackout. Never. Uh, even though he could use it, like, it could be pretty useful it on him. It could be pretty useful on him. But, but the minute they flip that, you're locked into never focusing or taking one action a turn for the rest of your life. Yeah, but if you shoot at a mining guild, it'll just take a crit to give you red focuses for the rest of the game, and you're way more screwed than that yep. little generic is for taking a crit. Straight up. You know, your ship with auto thrusters can either never have a focus token or never have auto thrusters again. Yeah. <laughs> On the flip side, your Omega Squadron, like, if somebody takes a crit to make his focuses red, like, he'll either just start target locking because he doesn't really care about his own life, or he'll take red or... focuses because he has blue turns anyway. Oh, no. And then that crit was blue. probably more useful to you than Proud Tradition was on an Omega. Yeah, yeah, that Omega, essentially, you could look at it is, would you pay two points on an Omega Squadron to deal a crit to someone? Because you would every time. Yeah. Right, and then you get lists, say, if you are taking a, a list that you've got, say, Kylo and four Proud Tradition FOs, and you're firing into droids, droids do not want to take that crit no matter yeah. what. And and they can't flip it otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So they don't have focus tokens. Exactly. So it's it's really good in the the despised droid meta out yeah. there. Or let's Droids think of it as played, though, for the record. <laughs> they are. They're, they they are the least common faction. As yeah. they should be. That's a, a different conversation. But even <laughs> yeah. let's look at like the Kylo and four Omegas versus five X wings. Uh, even if your Omega shoots at an X wing and you know you get two hits. And he rolls two natties. He doesn't want to spend that focus because you have three more shots coming at him. Right. And the chance the only time he'll spend the focus is if he natties out of all four shots. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If after the fourth shot he still hasn't spent his focus, then you hit that really unlikely scenario, and that kind of sucks. Guess what? You're shooting before those five X wings, which means he gave up his offensive lot, though. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which means. And I, I bet that happens twice a tournament. Yeah, maybe if that. Yeah. Um, so in general, Proud Tradition, I think I would only take it on Omega Squadron. I don't think I would take it on anything else. Um, it's kind of cute if you put it on a silencer with Prime Thrusters, because then that ship just doesn't care about stress at all. Uh, but that's really expensive. And you, again, you get into the situation of, like, they'll just take the crit to make you have a red focus token now, or fo focus action now. Hold on, yeah. hold on. Let how me look you at how, how get much to is that? Roll once. Yeah. Uh, so Prime Thruster, the cheapest you could do it on is, I think, Avenger, because Avenger is I3, uh, and Prime Thruster scales with initiative. But that's still like 60-something points. It's a meme! Don't do it. Yeah, let, let's let's stay away from that. Yep. Yeah, it would be, uh, hey, it'd be 65 points. Do it to be hilarious at a local yeah. tournament. Uh, that's pretty much all I have on the two of those. And yeah. I think that's, you know... Uh, a real good analysis. So looking back at it, we've got the First Order being a popular faction again. It's got a lot of utility for having less ship options currently than almost any other faction, but they're all reasonably good ships, and you can do something really well with almost any combination of them, as we've seen in System Open so far. I would like to say, I think I like a lot of the First Order ships, 
and I think they're all pretty solid. But I think I would put First Order at Tier 2 pretty solidly. Yeah. Uh, Plus you're a god Kylo players. Yeah. But like, unlike Scum, where a lot of their stuff fits together and feels really good, a lot of First Order ships, uh, lists feel like they're lacking just a little bit of something. That's like, how Scum of... felt in the last metal. Like, it's yeah, just one exactly. Of... That happens. Yeah. Like, and the FO power curve was is... objectively pretty good in the last meta as well. Yeah, like, the, and the, the power curve is way closer. So even though they feel like they're a little off, it's still way closer than Scum was last it meta. extended previously. Yeah. And, like, FO was pretty good in extended, even though it was not as popular. Yeah. And that's not yeah. to say I don't think First Order can't win a major tournament or is not a good faction. It's just that that's it's really just a gut feeling. Yeah, it's probably gonna have to work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like trust Doug plays a lot of Kylo. He's very good at X wings. He's probably <laughs> right on his intuitions. I can eh, I've been wrong many times before. He, we were wrong about a tiny mindly. That. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Gonna play that garbage. <laughs> well, we so again, it's not the most popular faction out there, but it's the second most popular faction out there. So it's tied for the second most popular faction. And again, it's polling at exactly one seventh of the where, where you'd expect it to. But given the plethora of scum out there, that actually makes it above average. Uh, I think that you've got some really, really good power pieces that you can build around in the list, uh, namely Kylo, who uh, I will agree with Doug here. He might be the power piece to build around when it comes to small ships. Uh, I think that we're going to see a lot of really interesting stuff coming out. The Focho, despite being a quote-unquote meme list, it's going to be a thing, man. You got you to gotta expect that at tournaments you go to, you stand a pretty good chance of seeing eight of those little buggers on the table. And I disagree on yeah. that, though, because only one showed up out of 600 people over two system opens. Yeah, however, I still think that it is, it's popular, it's fun. If you go to more fun tournaments, you're probably going to see it. I think the big thing is it's still a baseline. Yeah, if your list doesn't have an answer for the Focho, you should probably... I'd say you're probably pretty unlikely to see one, but you need to you need to be able to be one in case you do. It's a good base, like, it's a good comparison for baseline efficiency. It's a, li- you... it's a litmus test. It's yeah. like it's like quicksand. You may never run into it, but it's always good to know how to deal with it. True. <laughs> also, 5X wings are also like quick. But yeah, the Photon 5X wings are the efficiency benchmarks. And you have to know your list can beat them. Um, even though, even if you never see them in terms That's more than fair. Well, we've covered the, uh, the faction pretty much from top to bottom. Uh, Doug, any shout-outs for this week's podcast? I did not shout-out my father, Bob Howe. So shout out to my father, Bob Howe. That is Bob Howe, my father. Shout out to him. All right. Uh, Alex, anything from you? I mean, I'll shout out our roommate, Taylor, who's sitting right next to Doug. Yeah, um, roommate Taylor. What, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd shout out my dad because he quit playing X-Wing when I told him he could have a Death Star. So, um, yeah, that's, that's everybody I got. All right, and uh, I will give a uh, shout-out to our local store, the Game Cafe, where we are all three currently embroiled in a uh, rather close uh, X-Wing league right now in preparations for Adepticon. So uh, we'll give updates on that as it goes. But I think, again, this has had a little bit of everything. We've covered the First Order. We've given our shout-outs. So... Uh, what faction we doing next time? Next time we will be going into the other number two faction, uh, the Resistance. Okay, sounds good. Okay. This is number two. I agree. 
<laughs> All right, so for Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I am Alex. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Tashi Station Radio. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe and keep up with episodes as they're released. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, on Twitter at Tashi Station XW, and on Twitch at Tashi Station X-Wing. If you'd like to help out with our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash Tashi Station X-Wing and toss us a buck or two. It's really appreciated. Thanks for listening.